Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Brewers on Tap. I'm Lane Grindle. It is good to have you with us. As the regular season is underway, we're a week into 2019. And boy, what a good start for the crew. 6-1 for the Brewers through the first week. 3-1 at home against the Cardinals. And then a sweep on the road against the Cincinnati Reds. You really can't ask for the Brewers to get off to a much better start than they have gotten off to. And how about that bullpen so far? Boy, have they performed. And we're, of course, talking about Josh Hader. Four outings. He hasn't given up a run. Four saves for Josh Hader. We kind of expected that a little bit. Maybe not the immaculate inning that he threw on Saturday night against St. Louis. But I think, overall, we expected Josh Hader to be Josh Hader. But what about Alex Wilson and Alex Claudio and Junior Guerra? Those are guys that have performed at a really good level for the Brewers as well so far. That's been good to see. Also, the rotation. Seeing some good things. Yoli Shasin, two times through. Been pretty solid both times. Freddie Peralta, first time, not so much. He struggled, only three innings. The second time, really good. Eight innings, two hits, no earned runs, no walks, and 11 strikeouts. That Freddie Peralta is really good. And we saw that on Wednesday afternoon against the Cincinnati Reds. If Freddie Peralta can be like that this year, whew, that changes things for the Brewers' rotation significantly. Brandon Woodruff, solid. Corbin Burns, double-digit strikeouts in his first start as a Brewer. Zach Davies battled really well Monday against Cincinnati. After a little bit of a rocky first inning, he buckled down, pitched really well, got some change-ups and some swings and misses, and got himself out of that first inning without any damage and was off and running from there. So the rotation, first time through, pretty solid for the crew. And, of course, we know this team's going to score runs. Christian Yelich, four home runs in the first four games. How about that? Tying a record in Major League Baseball to start this season. Talking about guys like Mark McGuire being in the same conversation with that record. Christian Yelich is out of control so far. Did have his hitting streak snapped on Wednesday. They still got on base two times with a couple of walks. Mike Moustakis off to a good start. A couple of home runs for him. Travis Shaw's done some good things and starting to look good at the plate. Lorenzo Cain's Lorenzo Cain. Ryan Braun hit a monster home run over the weekend against St. Louis. Hit a couple of doubles against the Reds in the midweek. Ryan Braun looks like he's got it going a little bit too. So this offense is going to be pretty solid. Yasmani Grandal found his swing. In Cincinnati as well. Manny Pena's been good when he's come off the bench. The Brewers are going to score a lot of runs. The one nothing win on Wednesday was the first time this year the Brewers had failed to score four runs in a game. So the offense is going to be just fine. This, this team looks the part. And it's okay to get really excited about a team that was one win away from going to the World Series last year and looking like maybe they're better, at least so far to start the 2019 season. I mean, it's hard to make that claim, right? doesn't mean they're going to get to the NLCS. doesn't mean they're going to get to the World Series this year. But this team looks capable of just as much, if not more, than last year's team at this stage. And that's exciting. So get excited. Come out to the ballpark and, and, and get excited. Let yourself get lost 
with the possibilities of this team. Now, you look around the rest of the National League, a lot of good teams. Phillies look good. Dodgers look really good again. Cardinals are going to be good. If you saw them up close, Brewers won three out of four. Cardinals are going to be really good. Braves will get it going. They're talented. Mets look better. There's some good baseball teams in the National League. Some really good baseball teams in the National League. Told you about how exciting the week was. We might as well let you listen to how exciting it was. And, of course, opening day couldn't have been more exciting with Lorenzo Cain providing the biggest fireworks at the end. Now the pitch by Michaelis. Swinging and a fly ball right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Mike Moustakas! And they're on the board! One out for him. Michaelis throws. Fly ball, center field. Bader back at the track, and it is gone! Yelich is first of the year, and he gives the Brewers a 4-3 lead. Working from the windup. Swinging a fly ball, left center on deep. to the bullpen area in left center of fastball right down the middle. He knew he got it. He was trotting when he hit first base. And the Brewers get one more. Shasin just knocked one out of here. 1-0. Swinging fly ball right center on the warning track at the wall. Leaping and caught. center to haul down that drive off the bat of Jose Martinez. Oh, baby. I'm telling you, it was on top of the wall if he doesn't make that catch. The 2-1. Fly ball. Deep left center. O'Neal staring. Moustakis has gone deep. His second of the year, it's 4-1 Milwaukee. Here is the 0-1 delivery, and Yelich sends one to left center and deep. Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Yelich! Oh, my goodness! How about that guy? He has the sign. Ready to work. Here it is. Hey, struck him out. And he strikes out the side. Josh Hader. Whoa. Talk about power pitching. You can't do it any better than that. Three up, three down via the strikeout route. One ball and no strikes on Christian Yelich. And the pitch. Swinging and a fly ball to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Yelich! 
for Christian Yelich. You can't do that that easy. 2-0 delivery, here it is. Yelich lines a base hit to left in the gap. It's going to the wall. They're going to score the winning run. Here comes Lorenzo Kane. He's in there. And the Brewers have beaten St. Louis. Do you believe that one? Holy folks. Christian Yelich. Hit a rocket to the gap in left center. It got all the way to the wall, and Eddie Cedars sent them both. And the Brewers have come from behind to beat the St. Louis Cardinals with a two-run ninth inning. And Christian Yelich does it again. The 2-0. Braun ground ball down the left field line fair. Yelich is going to come around and score as Braun digs into second base with a go-ahead RBI double. A check of the runner. Here's the pitch. Popped him up. Third base side. Will it stay in play? Shaw and Grandal are there. It's Grandal who makes the catch. And the ball game is over. Hader works around the leadoff double. Braun had the go-ahead double in the top of the ninth inning. And the Brewers... Win game one in Cincinnati, final four to three. Lorenzen making his second appearance of the season. The pitch hit in the air, a ton. Deep right field, Puig goes back, he's at the wall, he looks up, it is gone! Orlando Arcia, welcome to 2019. A three-run blast for Arcia. His first of the season, his first hit of the year, and what a time. It was for Orlando to come through. 2-0 pitch. Fly ball, playable, foul territory, third base side. Arcia is calling for it, and Arcia makes the catch. And this one is over. 4-3 Brewers. They take down the Cincinnati Reds, and they've won four in a row. All right, let's talk to some of the Brewers that had an impact on this first week. Let's talk to Brewers outfielder Ben Gamble first. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. Lane Grindle joined by Brewers outfielder Ben Gamble. You had a chance to have a central role in yesterday's walk-off win over the Cardinals. It was an incredible weekend, first and foremost, but to be able to lead off with that double and start up the rally in the ninth, what did that mean to you in your first real weekend as a Brewer at Miller Park? Um, you know, it was awesome. You know, um, just being around the guys and, uh, you know, you talk about that ninth inning and, you know, I had a good good amount of time. You know, I got to see how he pitched Yaz the first, you know, the bat before I got up and just spend some time in the video room, watch what he was trying to do to people and, you know, I got a pitch I could handle. Pinch hitting's not always easy to do, especially when a guy's throwing 101, 102 miles per hour like Jordan Hicks does. Uh, did that make it that much more challenging, or was it easy to get yourself amped up in that situation? Um, you know, a big situation, it's pretty easy to get amped up. But, um, you know, it's something, you know, I got to do a little bit last year. So, you know, getting my feet wet last year, you know, with it, you know, coming off the bench, stuff like that, you know, is a big, big thing moving forward. Um, so, yeah, big 
big things. Yelich comes through. You cross the plate and you turn around and you see Lorenzo racing around third and heading for home. What was the first thing he said to Lowe after he slid in face first? I was just telling him to get down. I wasn't sure if there was going to be a plate at the plate or not, but you know, didn't really say anything. Just kind of rushed out to you know get get with the rest of the guys. What what was your impression of being a Brewer at Miller Park? The atmosphere over the weekend uh, that had to be really impressive to you. You know just. You know, thinking about you know the the first four games and you know the the second one didn't go our way, but you know the way the first game ended and then you know Hater you know throwing an immaculate inning and you know walking off in the last game of the series and you know just watching what Yelly's doing, you know it's it's incredible. It's incredible to be a part of. Have you ever seen anybody do what he's doing right now? You played with some great players, obviously in Seattle with Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz has put up big numbers over the course of his career. We can keep going down that list. Have you ever seen anybody? do what Christian Yelich is doing right now? You know, I haven't. And, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about that last night, um, just knowing the guys that I have played with and, you know, just to see what he's doing is, you know, really eye-opening. It's in really incredible, you know, to watch him go about his business and work every single day. It's, you know, it's really refreshing to see. We always talk to guys about this clubhouse, especially when they first get to this clubhouse. And you had a chance to be with this team all spring and now for four games in the regular season. What what has stood out to you about this group of guys compared to where you've been before? And not to say that anything wrong with places you've been before, but it does seem like this is a unique group. No, it is, you know, and, you know, I've always been around good good guys everywhere I've been. So, you know, it's, you don't know what to expect to come to a new team. And, you know, they just kind of welcomed me with open arms and it's been great. I mean, the camaraderie is, you know, it's kind of the first thing that stands out. You know, everyone, everyone gives everyone a hard time, but they, everyone picks everyone up too. It's, you know, I, I think that's why this seems so good. The baseball culture in Milwaukee is one that I think when people get around it, they really see it and they understand how important it is to this city. Your brother, of course, played for the Brewers, so you had been exposed to the Brewers a little bit previously. Did he give you any, any thoughts or any advice of what it's like to play in Milwaukee before the season? Um, you know, that's all everyone talks about is how good of a place it is to hit, you know, and, you know, seeing it firsthand and, you know, taking BP out there and stuff like that, you know, you can see what they're talking about. Um, but, you know, it, it was a team I grew up following, you know, being in Florida, in the northeast part of Florida, you don't, you know, you're seven hours from Atlanta and seven hours from Miami, so, you know, I'm following more players, and then Matt obviously got drafted by the Brewers, and so I, I grew up following the Brewers, so, you know, it's a dream come true. Well, Ben, we appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on having such a big role in the win yesterday, and best of luck the rest of the year. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. My thanks to Ben Gamble for joining us. What I think we maybe didn't realize about Ben Gamble when the Brewers traded for him is how good he is defensively. He can play all three outfield positions. He's made numerous really good catches in the outfield already, and you have a gold glover in Christian Yelich out there. You have a guy that should be a multi-time gold glover in Lorenzo Cain, in my opinion, maybe the best defensive outfielder in the game in Lorenzo Cain. And you have him out there. And you got Ryan Braun, who is a very underrated defensive player as well. And then your fourth outfielder is Ben Gamble. The Brewers have a lot of ground covered out there in the outfield. But Ben Gamble's been good. He had that big double to start up the rally for the walk-off victory against the Cardinals on Sunday as well. Uh, he has looked like a really good fit so far for this team. The other good fit for this team that just seemed really natural that he would be back this year was Mike Moustakis. It almost seemed crazy to think he wouldn't be in a Brewers uniform. Yeah, he was just with the Brewers for three months last year after he was acquired at the trade deadline and then that extra month during the postseason, but he felt like a Brewer immediately. And all offseason long, when you start talking about where's Mike Moustakis going to land, I think all of us in the back of our mind thought, I wonder if he's going to end up back in Milwaukee. Well, he did, 
and he's sure glad that he did. You know, you were with the Brewers for essentially three months if you throw the postseason in last year, and yet it just feels like you've already been in this clubhouse and with this group for so long. It would have been weird almost for you not to be back with this group this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this is a great team, a great organization, and uh, an organization that wants to win. So, uh, you know, for me, coming back here is pretty uh, pretty simple. I wanted to be here. I wanted another chance at, uh, you know, a playoff run with these guys and, and the staff. And, um, you know, as far as being comfortable here, it's, it's an amazing group of guys, and I felt uh, welcome as soon as I got here. And, um, you know, I love every single one of them in that clubhouse. You know, I know you've been asked this a little bit over the course of this spring, but and, and Lorenzo, the same, the same question. How much does last year into this year remind you of 14 and 15 with the Royals? Were you lost in Game 7 of the World Series in 14 and felt like you had a real mission coming back the next year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very similar feels. Um, you know, when, when we first showed up to spring training this year, uh, a lot of the guys had that, that same mentality like we had in, uh, in 15 about, you know, getting a little taste of what the postseason was like and, and kind of getting your heart broken uh, at the end. And, um, you know, we know we're a good team. We know um, we're good enough to get back to the postseason. But, um, you know, our focus right now is to go out there and continue to play good baseball right now. And, um, you know, all that other stuff will take care of itself at the end of the season, and we'll see where we're at. You have gotten off to a good start offensively, and yet you're learning a new position. How hard is it to car compartmentalize those two things and keep them separate? You've been able to do that pretty well. Yeah, um, not, not very difficult. I learned how to do that, um, you know, in, in Kansas City uh, when I was younger. I, I was struggling at the plate, and, uh, you know, I was able to go out and perform and play defense well. So able to, uh, you know, know that there's two sides of the game uh, and was able to do that. But you know, I feel good at second base. I feel like I'm making some, uh, some good plays and just got to keep working, keep getting out there early and keep uh, keep figuring it out and some of it is you can work as much as you want before the game you're just gonna have to experience those things and get repetition in game and that that's going to take care of itself as the season goes along is that kind of what your philosophy is on some of it yeah absolutely uh, I I, I want to make every play I want to turn every double play I want to do everything right um, but you know in this game uh, it, it, it's tough to do that and you know right now I just want to be in the right place at the right time and continue to make the the plays and um, you know, the more I play over there, the more I'll feel comfortable and, uh, you know, the better off it'll be. What was the relationship like with Ryan and Christian and, and Mike Adonazio in the offseason when you guys got together to, to make a difference with California, with California Strong? Uh, how much did that just strengthen your guys' bond even that much more? A lot. Um, you know, when, when things like that happen, um, you know, when, when the fires first took place, uh, me, Ryan, and Christian, and Mikey were all on the phone texting each other to make sure our houses were okay and our families were okay. And once we uh, once we figured that out, um, it, it turned to the California Strong Project. And, you know, everybody did such an amazing job. And being able to, uh, you know, be local and, and be there for each other and, and help those people that lost everything was huge. And, um, you know, one of the greatest uh, satisfactions I've had was when we were able to give out those checks and see the, the look on those people's faces and, and see how much we've uh, impacted them. Moose, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you very much. My thanks to Moose for giving me some time on the show. Always good to catch up with Moose. One of the great guys in the game. And boy, is he a big part of the clubhouse culture that the Brewers have. He, he just fit right in last year, and he has hit the ground running with this group again this year. And he is, he is making progress at second base. You can see him getting more and more comfortable there. And he's looked good at the plate early on this year. And I think those numbers are going to be really good for him offensively over the course of this season. The Brewers bullpen. Guys have had to step up. Corey Knable out for the year. Jeremy Jeffers working his way back. We'll have a little bit more on that coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. Guys are having to step up. We told you about Alex Wilson. 
Alex Claudio. Matt Albers has pitched well. Another guy that the Brewers are going to need to step forward is Jacob Barnes. And I had a chance to talk to Jacob about the situation in front of this bullpen. Joined by Brewers reliever Jacob Barnes. And uh, Jacob, first off, this spring, everything kind of got thrown uh, up in the air a little bit at the end with the injury to Corey and, of course, the injury to Jeremy. And, and for you guys, you, you kind of went through this a little bit last year as a group with some injuries, and it was always next man up mentality. And so was there a little feeling of, hey, we've been here before and we weathered that storm, we'll all be okay? Yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly it. We uh, Last year, you know, Corey started off the year with us, but he was really only with us for the first week before he got hurt with that, uh, I think it was the hamstring um, issue. But So we kind of knew, you know, knew what we – needed to kind of do and uh we just all thought about last year and we're like listen we can get through this um you know unfortunately Corey's lost for the year this year but uh, uh jj will be back here in a couple weeks and uh you know so far we've done well being around a couple of years now uh, what have you learned at, at the major league level about yourself and just about your daily preparation and how has that made you better uh you you just learn that you don't need to do too much. I think sometimes when your first couple of years, you, you start pressing yourself and trying to do too much and, and try to overextend yourself, and you actually end up doing worse. Um, so the more time you have, the, the more you understand like what your strengths are and just kind of staying within yourself. This series of the Reds, your former pitching coach is in the other dugout now in Derek Johnson, and now you're working with Chris Hook, a guy that has been around the organization for a long time. So it wasn't a stranger. It wasn't a brand-new voice when Chris Hook took over as a pitching coach. What, what have been some of the subtle differences, and how has that been kind of refreshing in some ways? Um, one of the big differences, I kind of had a connection with Hookie prior because he was my double-A coach and, and stuff like that. So a lot of the keys that we had when I was in the minor leagues, Hookie knew – um, so just having the famili familiarity prior to coming on um, was a little different with DJ. DJ had to kind of figure us out a little bit more. And um, so that, that was probably the biggest difference for me is just right away there was a comfort feeling with Hookie just because we already had prior experience together. Um, but DJ obviously is an excellent pitching coach and, and, and caught on quick to everything. But just kind of the way they go about it is, is Hookie's very laid back. And DJ is as well, but he's very – mechanical base and he, he's very he's studying the, the um, you know all, all the analysis about your mechanics and how you know you're doing this this or that and Hookie's very into like hey whatever feels good to you we'll go with that and we'll figure it out from there kind of thing so and it, the same situation really with bullpen coach as well Lee Tunnel is, is in Cincinnati one of the great guys of course in Lee Tunnel uh, but Steve Carsey, and that is a completely fresh voice. And so that has been a little bit more different probably than what Chris Hook was in terms of just the newness of it. Yeah, so so Lee, I, I was familiar with him even prior to making it up here because my first year in the organization, he was still our pitching coordinator. So I had some interaction with him before, and then throughout the years, you know, I would see him in spring training and stuff like that. Um, and uh, Lee, obviously, you know, a very laid-back guy, uh, makes you feel comfortable. Um, and then you get Carse to come in here. And one of the great things that he did is, is he went up to everyone and had meetings with everyone and, and commu communicates great with everyone. So um, he understands that he's new and he doesn't really know it, a lot of guys uh, as well as he wants to yet. So every day he's, he's communicating, asking us what we like, what we don't like, what we want, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's been great. Well, Jacob, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, it's been a really fun start to the year, obviously. Yeah. For sure. It's been exciting. Hopefully we continue it. All right. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you.
My thanks to Jacob Barnes for joining me on the show. Okay, the Brewers minor leagues, we're not going to officially go down on the farm because there aren't games to talk about yet, but they're going to be. As on Thursday, games start up for the four full-season minor league affiliates. The Brewers AAA, which of course this year is the San Antonio Missions. Double A, of course that's the Biloxi Shuckers. High A, that's the Carolina Mudcats. And A, that's the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. They all get started on Thursday. And there's going to be some interesting names in San Antonio right out of the gate. We're going to be paying a lot of attention to San Antonio for two different reasons. One is that eventually Jimmy Nelson's going to end up there. And he's going to end up there after he gets stretched out in Arizona. So he's not going to be with the missions at the start of the minor league season. But eventually he's going to make a couple starts in San Antonio. And he's going to tell us if he's ready to come to Milwaukee and be inserted into the Brewers rotation. So that's one thing. The other is Jeremy Jeffress, who's going to pitch on Friday for San Antonio as he continues to build himself up and get himself ready for the season. We're going to know a lot more about Jeremy Jeffress and when he's going to be back. We'll probably have a better timetable on when Jeremy Jeffress will rejoin the Brewers by the end of this weekend. That's probably a safe assumption. The Brewers will have a decent idea of when after he throws on Friday. Right now, they're not really saying what they think because they want to see how he gets through all of this. But so far, so good for Jeremy Jeffress. And after Friday, maybe we'll have a better idea of when he'll be able to rejoin the crew and be a part of this road, uh, this bullpen. rather. The other part is prospects. The Brewers have a handful of prospects that have been moving up through the system together over the last couple of years. And now they're all on the doorstep of the Major League roster. Talking about Corey Ray, Keston Hiram, Lucas Ersig, and you can keep going down that list. Troy Stokes Jr. The Brewers have a bunch of guys that are going to be in San Antonio that are all close. Mauricio Dubon. Jacob Nottingham, of course, made his debut last year for the crew, and he's going to be in AAA. This is going to be a fun team to keep tabs on. That rotation, we told you about Jimmy Nelson eventually joining it. Adrian Hauser is going to be in that group. Zach Brown, who's maybe the Brewers' top pitching prospect right now, he's going to be in AAA with San Antonio. So they're going to be really interesting to watch. Talk about Double A Biloxi, one of the newest Brewers, C.J. Hinojosa, is going to be there. He was just acquired in the Eric Kratz trade with San Francisco. Uh, High A is going to have a couple of names to pay attention to. Guys like Chad McClanahan are going to be there. Peyton Henry is going to be in High A as well. That'll be a name to keep a close eye on. Tristan Lutz is going to be in High A with the Carolina Mudcats. And Class A is going to have last year's first-round pick, Bryce Terang, just up the road from Milwaukee in Appleton with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. So that's a look as we check in on the farm briefly here today. Okay, let's see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. As we look at what's on tap, every game matters. We found that out last year with the Brewers and Cubs. It came down to 163, and of course the Brewers won that game in Wrigley. So you got to make sure you help bring the energy to Miller Park this weekend. Crew and the Cubs, three-game series, Friday, April 5th through Sunday the 7th. Of course, Friday night, that's a 7-10 start. That's a student night. High school and college students can get standing room only tickets for $15. Saturday the 6th, that's a 6-10 start. Sunday the 7th, 1-10 start. Kids run the bases presented by Aurora Healthcare. After the contest, kids 14 and under get to run the bases on the field. Make sure you're ready for the I-94 rivalry by booking your seats to get today at Brewers. Make sure you're ready for the I-94 rivalry by booking your seats today at Brewers.com. 
slash tickets. That is going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. Brewers off to a great start. Six and one. It is fun. Have a good one, everybody. I'm Lane Ritter. Brewers, Brewers.